You're listening to The Bariatric Grind, a podcast dedicated to breaking the weight loss surgery stigma by sharing our first-hand gastric bypass and sleeve experiences. I'm Lyanne. And I'm Emma. Join us as we share our deepest, darkest, funniest moments, talk to other fascinating humans, and adventure into the big, wide, beautiful world of coffee. All right, so welcome to episode eight of the Bariatric Grind. Um, Emma and I are remote recording once again. I think this is probably our new norm. We'll get to savor those opportunities when we do get to see each other face to face. I miss you. I reckon I was like, uh, I need to come to Auckland tomorrow for work and I have to get up at like 4.30 in the morning to head down. And I was like, should just go and stay at Emma's house? <laughs> but I am, I am. I am carpooling and my husband's on call. So not this particular time, but another time would be yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so today's episode is all about movement and like what that means for us individually. Um, and you know what? I'm going to like issue a whittle, a challenge to us to keep the time down on this one. So Very let's nice. see how we go. 30 minutes ish. Let's go 30 <laughs> minutes ish. Like if it's less than an hour, we're, we're winning. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember us going into the whole podcast thing and I'd say to you, I get bored after 30 to 45 minutes of a podcast. I just can't finish it beyond that. I don't want to go. And you were like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll keep it under that. I don't think <laughs> we've recorded one episode under an hour. No, it's just definitely all 50 minutes plus. I feel like they get longer as we go. But, but, uh, but what I say to that is when I listen to podcasts, because I often listen um, in the car, I don't actually have to drive very far to get to work and to the kids' school and blah, blah, blah. I'm a, I'm a play and pause podcast listener. Okay. So I will listen to like two hour long podcasts. It just might take me a week, but I, that's how I roll. So, I mean, you know, I don't look at our, our statistics too much, like on the, insights that you get for the podcast because like I don't actually want to know when people bow out uh, yeah it's not I don't want to be influenced <laughs> by uh, our listeners oh <laughs> uh, if there's about 10 that get to about 30 minute mark yeah that's me yeah <laughs> me. I can't well, even listen back to our entire thing sometimes I'm like because I, I listen to it the week we, we release it, which happens to be the week that we record it. So it's still fresh in my mind anyway. And then I'm like, oh, this part's boring because we only just recorded it. Whereas I could go back now to like our first two, three episodes and they're all an hour and I could listen to the whole thing because it's not fresh in my mind anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it'll be quite yeah, funny. So, yeah. But we are, the, um, yeah. So yeah, today's episode is going to be real cool. All things like health, fitness, movement, exercise related. Um, I'm really excited because, yeah. you know, um, w w part of this journey is about a lifestyle change. Um, but a lot of people put that into the box of, I've now got to start working out. But you and I have a different, um, you know, beginning of this journey we were yep. prior to weight loss surgery we were both so physically active you know me with my football and netball and f45 you with your rugby and your you know you're doing walking and things like that like it's we're not we've not come from this life of not moving yeah it was really exciting a lot of people will be different to that but i want to bring some normality around the fact that you don't have to 
you, you can be overweight and you can be larger and still be fit and healthy on the inside. Mm, yeah. So we're going Definitely. to get into it and talk about everything about that, and I'm really excited. Now, we normally have a lot more banter, normally sort of around the 15-, 20-minute mark, but we're going to <laughs> this down. Um, we're just going to get straight into it, yeah? Yes. Yep, let's do it. Um, well, do you want to go first and share, um, like, you know, what did before surgery, Yeah. what was movement and activity like for you, and how did it change afterwards, or did it change? Okay, so I mean, if we're going back to the very first episode that I recorded, which was my story, I, I was quite open about the fact that I grew up very active, very, um, I was fit, you know, I remember, you know, prior to falling pregnant, um, you know, at 18, I had abs, I was, you know, super fit. And then wow. that time frame. Um, That's a thing, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it, it never probably will be ever again, but it was. And I think, you know, after having, you know, after having LA and then gaining weight, um, I might not have looked the picture of health that I once once did, um, but my fitness varied. Um, I've always been active. I've always played football, whether it's um, professionally or socially. Uh, I've always played indoor netball, outdoor as well, but indoor netball is um, my preferred activity. Um, so prior, so let me talk about maybe like the, the year or two leading up to weight loss surgery. Um, I was at F45. I partook in the F45, you know, eight week challenges. I would always lose like, you know, 12 kilos here or my, my before and after photos. There was a significant difference. Um, so I knew that it was working, but it was never going to be a sustainable thing because I didn't make it a lifestyle uh, when it came to eating. So, but physically, we're talking about fitness here. So physically, my movement has always been there. Um, so netball, football, F45, I'd go on walks with friends. Um, you know, we've got a, a basin about I don't know, 15 minutes from my home. Um, it's about a three... Is it three Ks? Maybe two Ks? I'm not sure, but it's quite long and walk around that once and sometimes even twice. Um, so active was my status prior to weight loss surgery. Uh, got into weight, had weight loss surgery, started walking around the four week mark. And when I say start walking, I'm talking, you know, four Ks plus up hills. At the time, I was living um, just north of Auckland, on the outskirts of Auckland, uh, and I lived in the country. And um, so I'd walk along gravel road, up hills, down hills, windy roads. It was all very, um, you know, <laughs> pretty intense for four weeks out of um, a very invasive surgery. Um, I played indoor netball as well, post-op, while I was living up there. Um, and then I moved back uh, into the suburbs of Auckland, which is where I am now. Um, and I joined back up. I actually joined before I even arrived back in Auckland. I knew I was moving to Auckland, so I joined back up at my F45 studio uh, in Howick. And um, super committed to that. I was, you know, probably how many months post-op? Maybe like seven or eight months post-op-ish, you know, don't quote me on that. I would have to scroll through Instagram to find out when, but about seven or eight months post-op. Um, oh, I forget to tell you, before I left the country, I also did CrossFit. Um, and then we went into lockdown, so I had a home gym in my garage, which I worked out in as well. So so, so active post-op. Um, and then this is being in Auckland, so let's go to the, la the last sort of five, six months. Um F45, uh, running is a lot easier running on tarmac, um, football. <laughs> um, 
walks because it's summertime and it's light and I love that evening feeling in summer. It's like, I don't know. Um, indoor netball. So uh, so last week we recorded a podcast um, on Tuesday evening and it was ahead of me playing two back-to-back netball games. Uh, this week I'm playing two back-to-back netball games as, again. Um, love I love the fast pace of it. I played centre for a whole game last week. So I was ah, filling in for so I play I play goal attack uh, or goal shoot, and um, I was filling in for another team. So when you're filling for another team, you don't get to tell them what your preferred position is. They throw a bit at you and you yeah. put the mouth and you and you play it. Um, and I played centre for four quarters, and I was pretty hot and sweaty after because there's no good <laughs> in that in that um, bed. But um, it felt so good to just not have died and then gone on to play goal attack in yeah. my next game. Oh, I just amazing so yeah I just want to pinpoint um or or highlight I should say that I was very active prior I'm very active now I am about to send an email and this is going to hold me accountable to send it because I've been saying I'm going to send this email for like four weeks now (laughs) um I'm going to send an email today to cancel my Mm -hmm. F45 because uh I advertise it on Instagram we've talked about in the podcast I did get a promotion uh, a few weeks ago and um, I struggle to find time to to fit in with the F45 timetable. Mm. So um, mm. I'm going to cancel F45 and join at a local gym that's, I don't know, about a kilometre away from my home. Because um, that way there, I'm not limited to only when F45 are running their sessions. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to join another gym, but that's fine. Um, I've been focusing on, um, you know, building muscle. I'm in a really different um focus or, or, or goal area than what I was when I joined back to F45 as well mm-hmm. um and so I don't think oh, I'm going to miss it I'm going to miss the people I'm going to miss my training you know buddies but um I also feel like I need to make those changes um to level up towards my goals yeah yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll end it there so that I'm not talking um for too long but yeah so active prior active post-op um, it is a lifestyle choice that I have chosen to adopt throughout my whole life to be active. I enjoy the physical movement um, side of things. Now I'm enjoying watching um, my body change in ways that I could never imagine they would. And we're going to talk about yeah. muscle growth um, after you've given your little story. Yep. So I, I won't dive into cool. it right now. But yeah, so um, I do have um, a couple of questions for you oh, in case okay, other cool. people are wondering. Um, one, I feel like there'll be people out there probably wondering what drew you to F45 and what did you like about it? Okay, cool. So um, for me, the, the, the biggest drive to F45 is that it's um, I don't not so much that it's team training. I do like that as a group and there wasn't, it's not like sort of focused solely on me in a gym. As overweight in a gym, I think a lot of people will relate to this. In a gym, overweight, people look at you. And they go, oh yeah, she needs to be here. Or the and and I feel like um, when I go solo, it's kind of, it's quite intimidating. And in fact, probably people aren't even thinking that. It's probably in my own head. Um, but I know that it's quite relatable for a lot of people to, to feel uncomfortable or out of place when they're overweight in a gym. Um, so so the team the team training side of it was a bit of a draw card, but mostly it's forty five minutes of high intensity. I enjoy high intensity. I get the best results from high intensity uh, when it came to weight loss. Um, It's 45 minutes. So um, in most cases, other than my current lifestyle, um, it's, you can fit it in. It's five minutes from my home. 
you know, I'm there, done the session and back home within the hour. Perfect. Um, but on top of that, you don't have to plan. You don't have to think. You show up, the equipment's done. Everything's on the TV screens. You follow the instructions. You know what you're doing. And then when it's finished, yep. you leave. There's no cleanup. You know, there's no packing your equipment away. You're literally in, get it done, get out, and I'm home within an hour. So that was a massive draw card for me, um, you know, the first time around before I left Auckland and coming back yep. to Auckland. Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, I've done – I haven't, like, joined up at F45, but I've done the seven-day trial and my husband does go there. Um and one thing that I, you know, it's always quite nerve wracking walking into a new gym, and especially when you don't know people. But um, it seems like the culture at F45, and it might be dependent on where you are. I have heard that can be true. Um, is it's really like it's actually just not about what you look like. Just you know, ignore the Instagram, their Instagram profiles because they all look like bloody models or the trainers half the time. But like so friendly. Um, yeah get to know your name. Yeah. Like I, I felt, you know, really welcomed and the people that were there in the Whangarei of 45 um, in particular, they, they were lovely. So, um, and there's a seven day trial that you can get anywhere. So if anyone's interested, like definitely give it a go. Don't let your, if you think your weight or your fitness isn't issue holding you back, don't let that be it. Like at least just go and go and do the free trial or $7 trial or whatever. It, it is an expensive, um, like like yeah. class, they are expensive yeah. um but I think as well again it comes down to what you're wanting to get out of it your lifestyle whether mm-hmm. it works into your routine and, and what have you yeah that the trainers are going to look like models and they all do even at my studio um, <laughs> the owners of my studio own two others and they all look like models but you have to realize that this is their job that they're personal trainers they're in that role because they enjoy training. So they're going to look great because they know how to look great and they enjoy mm-hmm. looking great um, and, and, and the process to get there. So um, don't let that, you know, defer you from giving it a go. Um, the, the the environment is very family feel. It is very family oriented. Um, everyone does know your name. The trainers know your name. Um, and, and if you're going routinely to the same class at the same time, um, you get to know the people. Yeah. Um, so it is a very um, family friendly. Like, I mean, there were times where I had to take Ellie with me and she would sit on a bench on her iPad or something and, and the yeah. trainers go up, give her a high five. The other um, people in the class, they all knew her as well. So it's, yeah, it's very friendly. Give it a go. I mean, it isn't for everybody. It is inexpensive. And I, I, I you know, want to make a point of saying it is quite mm. expensive. So if you are limited to a gym budget, which, you know, the gym that I'm joining is like $15 a week, whereas the Les Mills one that I have is like $25 a week. So, or $30 mm-hmm. a week now, I think. So, um, you, you know, it's, it's variant, whereas F45 is double that. It is $5 yeah. to $75 a week, depending on um, mm. when you join or what tier you're on. Um, yeah, so that just, I guess that's just more of a, a cautious, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And the other thing I wanted to highlight, um, but I don't think you mentioned was that you, you're really big into um, snowboarding and skateboarding, anything on a board. Yeah. Um, and that for you, you have mentioned bef- before in one of our other podcasts, just how much um, easier it has been. Like it didn't stop you before, but it's definitely a lot easier now that 
that your body has changed. Yeah. It's just easier on my joints, my knees, even just running now. Running, I um, I went for an evening walk a couple of weeks back um, and I decided that I was going to run home, but I ran home the long way. And I got home and I didn't stop at all. Like I don't stop when I'm running. Once I'm running, I'm running. But normally I'd get home, but like, you know, the next day or whatever, my knees kind of hurt. They just don't hurt anymore. Um, mm. So that's a win. Like it's, you know, easier on the joints. It makes movement and other aspects of my life easier. Like you said, yeah, snowboarding or any 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 extra, you know, activities that I'm into. But also what I noticed, I was at, at a, um, a work function the other week and I was wearing you know I wear quite corporate clothing I need to for for my for my job and um I dropped something on the ground and I just bent down to pick it up and I was in quite tight um quite tight pants and heels and what have you and I bent right down I picked it up and I stood up and I just in my head I go oh that was so fluid that whole movement yeah like I bent down I didn't have to worry about my pants ripping or my butt crack showing or um can my knees even bend, you know, yeah. this, yeah. you know, right down? Can I even squat in them? Um, I didn't have to worry about my balance standing back up. I was in high heels. And it's just little things like that that catch me off guard going, oh, yeah. Um, just the fluid movement of every day. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I rem- remember, um, like, just – I remember it used to be such a struggle to just like tie my shoes up, like especially if I had tight pants on. So I'd end up having to like put my foot up on something because I just couldn't bend over for periods of time, you know, like it was actually just really hard. I was just like cutting off my circulation. I couldn't breathe. Uh, Yeah, I had to hold my breath to tie my shoelaces. Yeah. Or to put something up off the ground, I had to hold my breath. Because if I breathed out, the button's coming off my jeans, man. Like it's going to pop yeah. someone in the eye. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, man, how much easier is life? Just far out. Oh, it's so good. All those little things as well that you just don't even think about, that you just become habits or whatever. So we like we don't even think to kind of share everything that has changed. Um, so for me beforehand, I was, I was the same as pretty active. So active through school, um, and whatever, definitely didn't have abs when I was 18. (laughs) There was a, there was a thick layer on top of those by then. Um, but I, yeah, like played any sport that you could play in school. And then when I left school, kept on with netball, um, basketball, also went and started playing rugby again, as I like mentioned all the time. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I was active. What I struggled with and one of my reasons to get getting surgery was I, I just kind of got to a point where I was at student fitness and I couldn't get any fitter. Yeah. Um, and that, that I just absolutely hated because I'm very performance focused. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to improve. I wanted to have better skills um, and that's kind of the reason why I went down the weight loss surgery route. Post-op, uh, so for me, one of the biggest things, this was actually the first question. I missed it out when we did our episode because I completely forgot about it, about our, our surgery stories. Literally, the, f- the thing I really wanted to know from my surgeon was when I could start training for rugby again. So when I went yeah, in, it was like that. November. Nah, I didn't. I put it on my story because oh, I forgot. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I put it on my story. So, um when I went in November last year, uh, I had I had already decided I wanted to get surgery this year 
I didn't know what the schedule was like, but I'd seen on other people's Instagrams, they'd gone in and like four weeks later, boom, they had surgery. And I was like, that's going to be me. Um, so when I went in and he said, oh, you know, we could do February next year. And I mentioned in the first podcast, we were going to Bali at the end of January and I didn't want to. So he said January, we were going to Bali at the end of January. And I was like, oh no, that doesn't feel quite right. Traveling that, you know, that soon. So he was like, we could do after. Um, and then I said, well, how long do I need before I can start full contact again for rugby? Um, and it was an eight week block. And at that time, this is all pre COVID. So I'd kind of like in my head, I was going to get surgery. I was going to start my preseason training, blah, 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 all leading up to the season, which usually starts in like April, but preseason starts like late Feb. And um, yeah, so that's actually why I ended up getting it in December combined with going to Bali. But um getting back into physical activity was a huge thing for me. I also, um, one of the things that held me back from wanting to get surgery in the first place was I was really worried about losing muscle mass. I've always been really strong. Um, and I've always been able to do big weights and, and stuff like that. So that was one of the questions I asked, like, how do I make, how do I keep my muscle mass? What do I need to do? And that, that kind of stuff at the moment, there's still research studies and things going on because they're not actually, a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, and all bodies are different as well. Um, yeah. So just say that one post more time. Up, just say that. Yes. All time. bodies are different and unique. Yeah. Yes. So four weeks, I started walking at post-op pretty much within that first week. I was walking, um, just local, not, you know, really flat type of stuff. I remember the first time I did it, I was like, just so fucking dizzy and it took me so long and we had to keep stopping. But, um, it was really important to me to get walking again. And then I was allowed to do kind of like light, you know, body weight, really, really easing into it exercises from four weeks. Um, at six weeks, I was allowed to run, which I did go and do. And then at eight weeks, I was allowed to do full body contact and start building into strength training again. So I started a hypertrophy program, which is basically muscle building and it's like the foundation the first thing you kind of need to do when you start doing your rugby training and um the biggest thing and yeah so since then I've played basketball I've played indoor netball um I would play out uh, netball's a bit of an issue with me because I've got an ongoing ankle injury but um the biggest kind of reflections for me and uh, post-op has just been and I've mentioned it before but this this is a dedicated episode. So we're going there again. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, so I'm actually just really proud of how much stickability I had before sticking in with like rugby training. Um, all of the different trainings last year, I trained a lot. Um, I went over to Samoa for a sevens tournament with a group of women and we were doing a lot of training I was traveling two hours there and back just to train up north um and yeah I yeah I've gone through a whole journey of like I used to be plagued with injury particularly um leading up to a couple of years before surgery where and and like I'm going to be completely frank here. A lot of it was because of my weight. Yeah. Um, don't you couldn't have, you couldn't have told me that at the time. I wouldn't have believed it because I was like, you know, if you tell me about my weight, but, but maybe even um, a little bit in denial for like oh, a bit of terms, yes. you know, like yeah, a lot of the time, and I don't know if it was the same with you, and not to interrupt, a lot of the time it was like, 
um, I was bigger than I felt and I looked bigger than yeah. I thought I looked. Like I, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't think I was that bad. It was only when I saw yeah. like photos, I was like, oh, okay. And maybe I am. But <laughs> even then, I could dismiss it because I'd go and look in the mirror and go, no, 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 it's not actually that bad. It's just a bad camera angle. Yeah. So I think we, we, we are in denial about sometimes, not everybody is, but yeah. we can be in denial about how big we actually are or how that's like that reverse life. body dysmorphia, right? Correct. I think yeah. I had that. I definitely had that like sometimes I would just feel gross because of my weight and and how I thought I looked but most of the time I didn't think I looked that bad and I didn't think I was that big yeah and you know so yeah like playing netball specifically I would tear like it was guaranteed I would tear both of my calf muscles at least once a season if not more um I did like both three you know three or four weeks apart at one point I was just like cash cow for the physio Pretty much even even like this year, I'm at the physio like once a week. It's just a normal it's just a normal trip and expense for me. Yeah. (laughs) Well um Oh yes, in the Chinese medicine man. Um I've had chiropractor, I've got osteo, I've you name it, I've tried it. Um but what I've found is definitely um injuries, the the type of injuries have changed a lot. Um I actually, with my movement coach, like learned all about myofascial um, tissue and like preparing your body to train. So in the last couple of years, I've done a lot of foam, foam rolling, activating muscles before I train. And I came out with this, I got this routine together of um, really like activating, especially my, my back line um, and my hammies and my legs and all that before I trained. And I would do that all the time. And that contributed to a lot of, um, a lot less injury before surgery. Um, but yeah, the difference now is just the, the recovery rate, the ability to, um, be a lot fitter just purely from the weight loss without even any training. Like that has just been absolutely insane. I look at myself last year and I think, you know, I was 140 kilos. I was going to rugby training twice a week and then playing sometimes 80 minutes. Actually, most games I played 80 minutes at prop. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pushing, there's tackling, there's running the ball. Um, it's very physical. It's very exhausting. Um, at trainings, you know, uh, if, you, if you're wanting to get into rugby, I really would encourage it for even when you are bigger. The, the best thing about training is, you know, there might be some cardio component, but a lot of the time you do things in blocks. So you do get an opportunity to rest. And sometimes you'll be just standing there watching. And like now I wouldn't use rugby training solely as, as a cardio training. Back then, yeah, it was a training. I was exhausted and naked at the end of it. Um, but, you know, when you do running things, and you're the last person and everybody finishes early. So they sit, stand there and they get recovery. It's almost this cruel thing about the world when you're the one that needs the rest the most, but you're too slow to get there and to be able to get it, and, you know, and then you're, you're back on to the next thing. And um, I have just so much respect um, and encouragement for anyone who is bigger carrying any type of extra weight that gets out there and gets it done. Yeah. Um, just know your smaller counterparts definitely don't have it as hard as you do. And you could equally be, and I know, you know, then it goes to the extreme of people who like can't even do one press up because they're that, you know, they're that um, weak in the, in the arms and stuff. I'm just meaning really like 
I just can't believe how much harder it was with sports and activities beforehand than it is now knowing and like I'm still 100 kilos so I've still got um, fat to lose but it's so much easier now so I'd kind of got to this point where I was like uh, you know started running over lockdown never thought ever never thought I'd be a runner and I was like I'd say to people I'm not built to run. I'm not blah, blah, blah. Well, when I set myself a goal, I usually will work pretty hard to achieve it. And what I found out was that some rugby unions have this test for rugby where it's just a 5K run and they want you to get under 30 minutes. So it's starting to kind of go out, out the next level from the from the Bronco, which is the shuttle running test for a, for a kilometre and a bit. And um, I was like okay, well, that's cool. If that's one of the tests, I want to be able to run 5Ks in 30 minutes. So that's why I started the couch to 5K and did that over COVID. And then I've tried to get back into running again recently, but my my ankle's still buggered. But it's, yeah, like never, ever, ever thought I'd be a runner. Never, ever, ever thought I would enjoy it. Like I miss it and I love it. And um, and, And now, like, you know, I'm really into nature like trail walks and stuff I liked them before but now it's not so much of an effort it's just like if someone was like hey do you want to go for a walk I'm not sitting there going oh could I do that um like I need to tell them I'm going to be slow I needed to you know I need to warn them and and I used to preface I used to walk a lot with friends and I'd always have to like for the first time or whatever I'd have to be like hey just need you to know I walk really slowly so there's just a lot of stuff like that um that's been really interesting and you know like boot, I'm into boot camps at the moment my my exercise is uh a bit of walking with friends I'm trying to do as many trails as I can I um go I'm trying to get back into strength training resistance training so I go to the gym at least three times a week and um I just, yeah, I'm just thinking I'm kind of in a, a bit of a in between at the moment, but um, I'll finish my story there, but I'm going to lead, I'm going to, the final thing that I've found, and it doesn't matter if you're starting with exercise or if you're doing exercise or whatever is like, you need to find something that you enjoy. Yeah. And like with your story, um, it changes over time yeah. and that's okay. We're, we have to be, we have to evolve we have to evolve and level up and um, you need to do what's good for you at the time. And if you're super busy, if you're super stressed and walking with friends and and having that connection with others and getting, having time to just like be in nature, like what actually makes you feel good. Like I know when I go trail walking, I honestly get this like feeling inside myself that I feel at home. And it's like, this is where I'm meant to be. I get so much from going on a trail walk and being in nature so I also like when you work out right um a lot of it is those endorphins when you finish the endorphins that are released within you but if you're working out in a place that your soul genuinely like your soul enjoys like you with nature for me it's just seeing how much I'm bench pressing now or deadlifting you know um that's my that's like um, that's my hype to myself nature is like your hype and I think so you you all you you have that but it's coupled with the endorphins that are naturally released in your body post-workout anyway and it's like this double whammy of if you're doing something you're not enjoying or it's not serving you anymore or you've you've grown beyond that 
you kind of go, oh, it's just the endorphin release versus it's not like serving me from a mindset perspective. Yeah. Um, I do you know just... that I've let go of cardio. At F- the re- another reason is I'm done with cardio, the high-intensity cardio at F45 or group training or anything. Because if I do cardio, it sounds really stupid because it's the whole, like, well, it's not the whole, but it's a, a lot of it was came down to I lose too much weight. And now I'm at the other, you know, end of the chart where I don't want to be losing too much now. I kind of am in that building. Yeah. Um, yep. Maintenance for fat loss or fat percentage where I'm at now and then growth within muscle. And so I've got to stop my cardio group training. The only cardio that I get in now is running. And like you, when I run, my mind's clear. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling good. I come home. I stop running. The endorphins release. and I get this natural high. When I go to the, and then my other side of it is the weight training. And when I'm weight training, I'm fit, I get a natural high from just being there, from pushing the weights, from like going, yeah, you just like leveled up another five, ten gear. Uh, like go you. Yeah. Um. That, and then I get the endorphins when I finish, and it's like this double high during and and post. And I think, um, you've got to recognize, like you said, you've got to recognize what serves you, what's good for you, and what's no longer good for you, and yes. uh, evolve uh, with personal goals evolve with um just just your body <laughs> you know we oh, are exactly. can't expect that what happened that was good for you at four weeks post-op is good for you at you know one year four months post-op you know um I definitely you know from walking and it was a struggle to walk those four kilometers at four weeks I could run that 10 times over right now and be sweet you know like it yeah yeah Such I do um I was actually writing notes when you were talking and yeah. Actually, before I get into what I, you know, a suggestion that I've come up with, um, I just want to say, you know, um, I love that for you. And I know it's the same for me and a lot of other people, but for you, I just want to say that I love that your larger size never held you back. It didn't hold you back from being a part of a team or committing to a team sport. It didn't stop you from going to two trainings a week or playing an 80 minute game. Um, I do, yeah, I just want to, I guess, acknowledge you or promote you and encourage you. Like, that is awesome that it never held you back. So props to you because, you know, I know from previous podcasts and just talking, you've been overweight um, for the majority of your life, you know. Um, you said around 10 years old, you were already overweight, mm. you know. And I think you've never let it hold you back. You always participated in sports in high school. And, um, yeah, props to you. I love it. Thanks. Um, I think um, – to that, I'm going to so so you talk about the bronco, which is um like a like a, similar to like a beep test. Um, yes, in high school, yep. we did beep test as part of PE. You, you know, I prefer I prefer the beep test because you can at least bow out the bronco. You have to finish, but continue. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm going to go with my suggestion of let's do a beep test, and it's a challenge, and it's not a challenge between us. Um. Mm. It's definitely not, not a challenge between us. <laughs> I'm not concerned about that, but I go, let's yeah. do a challenge now on the back of like talking about fitness in this podcast. Let's do a beep test challenge. Uh, video it, just record it. I don't care. I know you're an honest person and you won't fudge it. So let's do it. And then in like six to 12 months time, when we revisit um, exercise in our podcast, um, because yeah. it's a very See relevant how thing. How we've got. 
Yeah, I think it's really relevant yeah. to have this conversation again because from where we're at now to where we are going to be in six to 12 months is completely different again because we are okay. committed to change. So let's I haven't do done one in a, a while, so let's do it. Next, yeah. next time you're up here, we can go to uh, my local gym studio because they do them in their, in their gym sometimes, okay. so they've got it all set up. Let's do it. Done. Um, I want to follow on from what you just said, though, about you know, exercising when we were bigger and being part of teams and being, yeah. you know, I think um, I've had so much support from my teammates, yeah. like over this journey and, you know, whether it's been direct or indirect, having people in your, in your corner, especially, you know, people who you kind of aspiring to be that are training a lot and, you know, not a lot, but, you know, like that consistently. Yeah. But one thing that, I know has both happened to us and it's just literally happened to me last week was somebody said like was surprised that like oh you actually exercised before and there's that perception that when you're bigger you don't train and you don't whatever and you don't care about your fitness but we have met so many people already who who at a bigger size were still exercising we're still fit you know all that kind of thing and that's um you know it's just not it's not I just, I just hate that people have just assumed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're at 36 minutes. I will, I'm just going to very, very, very quickly recap a couple of other things that we wanted to talk about, but the importance of, um, movement with mental health, it's just such a flow on effect. The more we move our bodies, the better we're going to feel inside our head. If we're able to connect with other people when we do it, even better. Great for that. Um, goes back to the endorphins. That the yes. endorphin release is so healthy. It's one of the most natural highs that we can ever experience um, as humans. Is is that is that feeling post working out? Yes, and there is uh, a process that goes on within our cells and our body called ATP. Look that acronym up because I can't remember exactly what the words are for it. Um, and basically, if we exercise for 30 minutes a day, like the more, or not even exercise, movement, any movement, that could be cleaning, that could be mowing the lawns, that could be water blasting the deck, it doesn't matter. Any movement, it all counts. Um, that's why we kind of wanted to talk about movement today, um, which for both of us is very physical activity based because we're into our sports and exercise but it might not be the case for others it could be something else that you prefer to do um like I do a bit of yoga as well I should throw that in there um that's definitely a lot easier now I can hold many more poses but I'm still very shittily flexible um <laughs> so anyway if you exercise I try to do it um on the weekend I try to do splits I was wearing like yeah. I was on polished concrete floors and I had um yeah. these jandals on with no grip and I was like, Oh, they move. What yeah. can you do to split? Yeah. And um I'm not flexible either. That's all I want to say. <laughs> oh well, maybe. <laughs> oh shit. I hope you didn't have is did you have that play suit on? <laughs> uh, I actually had a dress. <laughs> But the, well, that, you know, that I had found myself in um after <laughs> wines, uh that was not an issue for me. No, no, no. That's the other you, you you highlighted on it as well earlier. Like you recover so much faster. If I pulled a hamstring, yeah. you know, at 130 kilos from doing the splits, there's a lot more damage than just my hamstring being pulled, mate. But now it's like, uh, yeah, you know, a hamstring. It's a little bit niggly, but um, I can. It's not holding me back. 
No. And, and recovery from injuries is a lot easier as well yeah, and quicker. For sure. For sure. Um, so if you exercise for 30 minutes a day, you basically encourage yourselves um, to do some really smart stuff and then you begin to produce more energy. So um, that's just another reason why you should exercise. Uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to touch on was, um, you know, we've mentioned it before, Neither of us are a big fan of the um, exercising to cancel out food. Um, I, I just think it's quite horrible. I just hate how that's become a thing. But I see how it happened, you know, when they talk about calories and how many calories you burn and how many calories you can earn. Mm. Um, it's just quite terrible. But, you know, embracing movement for what it is and what it can give you and helping, you you know, your body, getting you right for old age and having strength. You know, we lose our bone density um, and our muscle mass from, I think, for women, it's from age 30 onwards. It just starts to decline. So we need to do something to help. Um, maintain it at that point um, for you know weight loss surgery obviously we're restricted to what we can eat and th- and they make us focus on protein for a reason one we can't store protein in our bodies so everything else we can pretty much store to be used or our body can change things in a series of processes into something that we really need mm. if we aren't um, getting it but um, protein we can't and there's yeah uh, when you're, I'd just encourage people to have a look at the Precision Nutrition um, website if you want any nutritional advice and you want to learn about how to fuel your body when you're training. Yeah. Um, you know, you can talk to your nutrition team and stuff if you're still in contact with them about that as well. But it's it's really important um, to understand that there, there are some goals when we are restricted now eating that we might not be able to attain, like uh, building a lot of muscle. Muscle growth takes actually a long time. It doesn't just happen overnight. And there's a few things that um, muscle needs to grow. And uh, one of the big things is having a certain amount of protein. And again, this varies for everyone, but research-wise, for myself, trying to, you know, on the fat loss train at the moment, um, I would need to be eating between, I think it's like 1.6 and 2.2 grams of protein per kilo. So for me, that's 160 to 220 grams a day. Right now, all I'm aiming to get in as a minimum is 60 grams of protein. And when we're talking about protein, we're talking about the fact that um, you know 30 grams of chicken breast has, um, sorry, 100 grams of chicken breast has are roughly between 24 and 30 um, grams of actual protein in it. Mm. So I think people get a little bit confused. They think, you know, 60 grams of protein is 60 grams of a chicken breast, but it's not. Mm. Um, the, all the foods we eat have different amounts of protein in it. So, yeah, you, I mean, if you're going down the weight loss surgery track and you're already down that, you would have gone over that with your nutritionist and your yeah, dietitian. Definitely. You know, you'll you'll be aware of that, but, but other people might not be. Um, and, you know... Sometimes when we do exercise um, and we get into exercise after weight loss surgery, I've seen people have kind of gone from zero to a hundred. They may not have been as active as us before surgery. So they, you know, they get on the train, they're they're eating well, they start to um, exercise a lot. Um, It's just really important to make sure that you're fueling your body um, relative to the amount of training that you're doing. Um, and depending on what your goals are, like uh, for for me, I know when I go to the gym and I do strength training, I have to 
eat within 30 minutes of strength training or my muscles aren't going to get what they need to be able to. Basically, when we strength train, we break our muscles down and then they get stronger when they repair themselves. And if we don't have everything we need within our body to go through that repair phase, essentially we've trained for nothing. And yes, we might have got we might have got the endorphins, but if my goal is to get stronger, Mm. I need to be feeding my muscles what they need. So there's there's a whole lot of different things, but I'd encourage you to kind of do your own research and see what fits well for you. Everyone's Um, different, everyone's body's different. Yeah. You've got to yeah, do what works for you. Like for me on on a strength training day, I double my protein shake intake. On a on a from just running, you know, I have my standard protein shake allowance it, it's everyone's it's all relative to what you're doing but the thing is well, when I strength train my body craves extra food or extra yeah. something and I cannot I can literally not fit extra food in my restriction doesn't just loosen up because I've pumped a bit of iron that day so the only way that I can get that extra feel that my body is craving in is through a through the a, shake yeah water and protein powder yeah so yeah, yeah really, okay. good, really good info yeah so um We'll, we'll wrap it up there. So we're at 43 minutes. I was, I mean, in my head, I was like, let's get under 45, even, you know, 30, 45. What's the difference? Um, I guess the recap on that is like, you know, there's nothing, nothing really held us back before. It was a lot harder for me. I know that much. Um, oh, it and, and I've, but we didn't, let yeah. our, it didn't, we didn't let our hard dictate. Um, no, we didn't let our hard put us off what we enjoyed. And I love that. Yes. And I didn't know just how hard it was until I did manage to lose weight. And now I'm like, all you bloody bastards around me with getting your recovery time. It's just crazy. Um, And definitely like both of us just get so much out of moving and making it something that we enjoy and not turning it into this, like, you must do this, you must do that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And it's about finding goals. Like, you know, I really want to run a 5k. So I've signed up for the sketches, um, 5k down in Auckland, really interested in doing that. Cause oh, I think it'll be either. fun. Yeah. Well now I'm not actually allowed to run, so I'll be I'll walking it, but I'll be, mm. yeah. So I, I, there's a chance I'll probably won't be doing that, but like, maybe I've, I've been looking at spirited women's. Yes. So yes. I've done do five for you, five uh, for me. <laughs> yeah. I You've walked the, the 10k. Half. A couple of years ago, uh, it was, I actually found it incredibly boring. So that's why I was like, yeah, nah, I could do the 5k and run the 5k, but the 10k, I was like, this is so boring. But like, actually let's end on like what actually is currently your goals for your physical like movement, all that kind of stuff. Do you have I any think, goals right now? Yeah, right now I um so so from scratch it's either so from day one it's always been um to be able to do um continuous pull ups um unaided. Yes. Um but in general it is just building muscle. I feel so empowered and so fucking awesome yeah. when I'm strong. When I yeah. level up to another weight category, I'm like, yeah, you go girl. So I am like literally self-hyping myself. I am my own hype girl and I just want to be stronger and stronger and better than ever in my own personal way. Like I'm yes. myself. Yeah. What oh, about you? I love it. Real quick because I hit it um, for a few minutes and I really yeah, no, I will, I will keep it real quick, but there was one thing that I did forget to say in this and I want to say it in case somebody else is struggling with the same thing, but I have definitely lost a lot of strength. I used to do um, 
some bigger weights at the gym. For example, my one rep max for the bench press used to be 80 kilos, and now I was struggling the other day to bench press 50. So these, um, I, I'm mentally struggling with that because I am used to being able to just like pick up the stuff and get going and do it. Yeah. Um, right now for me, fitness wise, like if I could, if I could end up doing the 5k and 30 minute thing at some point, that would be great. I'm actually just really looking for, um, Oh, I want to, I've got a very flat ass. Um, definitely not liking that. It is not filling out any jeans. So, uh, I found this new machine at the gym that I love. It's a hip thrusting one. So I'm really in there trying to get my butt good. Focus is for me at the moment is, um, shoulder strength for rugby, for tackling and, um, core strength, uh, for in the scrum. So I can make a bit of an impact there um but yeah and I also want to get my bronco time down to six minutes 30 last time I tested it I was 658 so yeah anyway awesome. let's wrap that up yeah um I like that started from the bottom now we're here